Well, hey, stranger, and welcome to the Spooky Chris podcast. My name is Chris Ringler. I am the aforementioned Spooky Chris, the spookiest Chris that you probably know. Uh, hey, happy Halloween. Today, as I record, is uh, Halloween 2022. So happy Halloween. I, uh, very low-key day here in the, uh, the Haunted Caverns, uh, actually took a day off and have been enjoying some spooky movies and, and trying to get some things done for a, for a film festival I'm putting together. So here I am, gentle traveler. Uh, I actually did write a new story this year for, uh, ooh, heavens, forgive me, forgive the, uh, cord wrestling. Uh, I did write a new story for, uh, Halloween this year. I actually had written it for, uh, for my, my work for, for, you know, work was going to do something, uh, uh, where they were going to have me read creepy stories. And so I rushed right out and whipped up a creepy story and, uh, informed them, Hey, just so you know, FYI, uh, I'll be taking, uh, Halloween off. That will be my floating holiday, as it were. Because um, I love Halloween, and I just wanted the day off. And that uh, kind of put the kibosh on uh, <laughs> me taking center stage, reading for some uh, some coworkers during, I guess, lunch. I don't know. Um, but it's it'd be a shame to waste a brand new creepy tale of terror. So I'm going to read it here. Um as always, you can find all of my blogs, all of my podcasts, all of the links to my many, many books uh, at SpookyChris.com. I am an author, a filmmaker, a general ne'er-do-well. Uh, lots of books I have written, um, you know, from kids to fantasy to very dark horror. Um, if this rattles some bones for you, uh, check my books out. You can find me on Amazon, even. Um, but... I would appreciate the business. So, without further ado, uh, I'm going to read you my Halloween story for 2022. Uh, if you hear pages crisply turning, well, that's me moving the pages. So, Smasher. He hated Halloween. Oh, how he hated Halloween. He hated the costumes and the music and the movies and the TV specials and the decorations and more than anything, he hated the candy. The damned candy. Brian made a sour face and spit onto the sidewalk. <laughs> the candy. He hated candy. Well, that's what Mom thought at least. Don't eat any of that garbage, honey. It'll rot your teeth. He heard that anytime, anytime he picked up anything with sugar in it. And it was almost as if she was psychic or had some sort of tracker on him, if he should dare to eat it. Your teeth will always tell, Brian. They will always tell. And they are telling me a story right now. And they did. Anytime his mom made him sit in a chair in the kitchen so she could look his teeth over, she'd know whether he'd had sugar of any kind. She wasn't a dentist, and she didn't work in, in an office for one. She worked at the plant making cars, but she always knew when he'd snuck something sweet. Always. He had snuck out one Halloween, telling his mom he was just going to watch movies, appropriate family movies, at a friend's house, when they were really going trick-or-treating. 
They were ten, and it was the first time he'd ever even caught sight of Halloween night. Mom didn't believe in the holiday and loathed candy and treats. Brian's friend Norm had begged and begged him to go out with him and his older sister Angie. No one's going to know, not even your mom. But she would know, somehow, some way. She'd know. But he did it anyway. Brian would put a sheet on with eyes cut out, and he would be a ghost. There was no way Mama or her friends would see him. There was no way to even know what was him. No way! She still knew, though. He had hidden his plastic grocery bag of candy under a bush outside of their small two-bedroom home before he came in and had brushed his teeth three times after eating one of the bite-sized candy bars. But she knew. As soon as he came in the door, she was on him. You went out, didn't you? You had candy, didn't you? Protest as he did. Insist that he'd only been watching a family movie with Norm and his sister. She didn't believe him, and once she inspected his mouth, she knew. Even down to what sort of candy bar he'd eaten. He'd been grounded for a month after that. Norm's parents had been called and chewed out, and Brian had been forbidden from seeing, ever seeing his best friend again outside of school. Never again, Brian. Never again. And that was that. And he hated Halloween. And he made sure the world knew it. And with tonight being Halloween, he was going to remind them if they'd forgotten. Mom was working late again, the third night in a row, as the plant tried to make up lost time after a summer strike. Brian knew the routine, though. Get home, do chores, do homework, heat up dinner, eat, go study, go to bed. It was an oldie but a goodie in his house. Any friends he once had disappeared over the years, either shooed away by his mother or slinking away because Brian could never do anything. Even with nothing to distract him but himself, his grades were mediocre. His attention was fleeting and his passion was drained. He was going through the motions, going through the motions that was until Halloween. Oh, he loved to hate Halloween, and that hatred had made the holiday his very favorite. Mom wasn't religious, so no holidays were really celebrated in the house, and summer vacation meant he was volunteered to work on his grandfather's farm all but one week, so this night of nights was as close as Brian got to pure joy. For the past five years, Mom had worked late shifts on Halloween, not wanting to deal with the noise and children of the holiday. So Brian was left alone. 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 Brian handled the day as he did every other day. He got home from school, the only 16-year-old riding the school bus, and as soon as he got home, he did his chores. He washed the dishes, he put the laundry in, he swept the floors, he cleaned the bathroom, he cleaned his room, he straightened up the living room, he cleaned up the kitchen, and since it was a Wednesday, he got the trash together and took it out. In the cool of the breaking night, he could hear the distant cries of Halloween revelers, and a small smile carved itself across his face. The sun was going down and the ghouls were coming out. Perfect. He went inside and turned the porch light on and grabbed his bowl, pulled the kitchen chair to the chair to the side door and waited. Brian didn't get an allowance, but his grandpa always paid him during the summer under the table so Mom wouldn't find out. Boys have to have his own money for his own fun. Your mother doesn't understand that, but I do. He'd been saving that money, hidden away where even his mother couldn't find it, and would only dip into it on rare occasions like this. He had decided that this year he would be giving out treats to the ghosts and goblins of the night. Very special treats. 
On one of the nights his mother had worked late, he had walked to the dollar store at the edge of the downtown district and had spent $35 on holiday giveaways he couldn't wait to give the kids when they arrived. Knock, knock, knock. Trick or treat! Brian wiggled his shoulders and stood and opened the door and offered a wide, joyless smile. Well, look what we have here. Gosh, you all look so scary. I guess you must want some treats. Well, here you go. Brian reached into his bowl and grabbed a handful of items and then dropped one into each bag. Each child thanked him and turned and went on their way without even looking at what they'd gotten. It was only the last girl at the edge of her teen years and dressed as a wizard that looked into the bag. A toothbrush? A friggin' toothbrush? She asked. Gotta keep those chompers clean. Don't want to get any cavities, do you? His smile widened and the girl flipped him off as she pulled the toothbrush out of her pillowcase and th she threw it on the ground. He bent down and picked it up and put it back in the bowl and swung the door closed. This was going to be fun. Word must have gotten out about the toothbrushes because he stopped getting trick-or-treaters less than an hour after things had kicked off. And here he was, sitting alone in front of a door with a bowl full of dollar store toothbrushes and no one get to give them to. Well, that was that. Brian stood up and walked over to the trash can in the corner of the room just between the countertop with the sink in it and the countertop where the bread maker was, and he emptied the bowl into it. He reached down and grabbed the black trash bag and pulled it up and dropped it on the linoleum, and then reached down into the trash can and grabbed a new bag and opened it up and wind it and put it into place. Satisfied, he turned and grabbed a brand new ski mask and brand new black gloves off of the kitchen table and then grabbed the trash bag full of toothbrushes. And he turned and walked to the door, pushing the chair out of his way with a foot. He opened the door and took a deep breath of the air and smiled because it smelled of the coming cold and burning leaves. A chill had settled in and he liked it. He pulled the door closed and headed towards the sidewalk that ran along the side of the house, and he dropped the trash bag into the big blue trash can and then stopped for a moment. He put the gloves, work gloves, between his knees and pulled the ski mask over his head and then pulled the gloves on. Blind Brian looked around and saw no one. Mom had gotten a house in an older neighborhood that was just on the outskirts of the city, where all but a few homes were owned by elderly people who had lived here for decades. As far as Brian could tell, Mom didn't like kids, or really anyone. And living in an area where most of the people around you couldn't even hear you if you said, Hello! was perfect for her, and for him. There was no one around. The porch lights were off, and it was just him in the night. Brian reached behind the low white fence that bordered the yard and grabbed an axe handle he had found in a neighbor's trash and then started down the sidewalk towards where he still heard trick-or-treaters making merry. By the time Brian got to the next neighborhood, the last of the doors were closing and the porch lights were turning out. The jack-o'-lanterns, though, were still all lit up, and the lit-up decorations were still out and moving quietly as they pantomimed horrifying actions. Brian stopped for a moment and listened as he looked around and saw no one. He had done something similar to this the year before, though without a mask, and an old man had shooed him away after only two houses, threatening to call the police on him. Brian was fast. The fact that he had even been recruited to join the track team at one point, but Mom insisted that his grades told her 
that he didn't have time for such pursuits. That didn't take his speed away, though, and he easily got away from the old man and learned an important lesson. Wear a mask. This year he was prepared, and as he approached the first house, a new ranch that looked almost identical to the other houses in this new neighborhood, he smiled beneath the mask. He looked around one last time and then swung the axe handle into the face of a jack-o'-lantern and watched as it collapsed in on itself. The toothy grin was gone and the eyes were touching the bottom of the mouth now. He lifted a foot <coughs> and stomped on the top of the pumpkin and moved on to the next. This one was intricately carved to look like a family, two women and a child. It was beautifully done, and if he had to hazard a guess, the person who carved it was an artist. With one swing of his weapon, its light was gone, and the family was just a blob with three heads. The last jack-o'-lantern was tiny and looked to have been clumsily carved, the eyes off-center, the nose too small, and the mouth just a small hole. His smile grew. This had to have been done by a child. He crushed it easily with his foot and then spat on, where, on it when he was done. On to the next house. Brian went down one side of the street and up the other side, destroying every jack-o'-lantern he came across and even going so far as peeing on a large inflatable ghost when he felt the need to urinate. He looked down at his watch and saw it was nearly ten, which meant Mom would be home soon. He scowled. He was having so much fun, too. The air had gotten, had gotten cold. Okay, the air had gotten, uh, oops. The air had gotten cold enough that he could see his breath, and he had taken the mask and gloves off because he'd become so hot. The cool air felt good and electrified him. He felt like he could go on all night smashing pumpkins in and leaving a wonderful mess for people to find in the morning. Brian took one last look around and started to whistle as he swung the axe handle back and forth like a pendulum as they walked. Just a few more. There had to be time. Just a few more. He looked down at his watch again. Ten. Mom would be home by 10.30 at the latest. He'd have to hurry, but he could get in a couple more. Sure. He nodded to himself and hurried around the corner to the next block. What greeted him stopped him cold. The next block was barren a plot of land that had not been developed yet and was essentially just two open fields with a road running between them. <clears throat> He'd never seen anything like it before, never having ventured this deep into the neighborhood. Mom discouraged him from wandering, so he never got a chance to see what lay beyond the immediate streets around his house. He hadn't realized that this was even here. It must have just been a field once and maybe a farm before that. Now there was just the road, the sidewalks and the scrub brush and overgrown weeds. He frowned. That was a wrap. He didn't have time to make it to another street in time to get home before Mom did, and if he wasn't home when she got home, it'd be the wooden spoon and the month of not leaving his room for anything but school and chores. Off in the distance were the lights of the liquor district, as Mom called it, where the liquor stores and lottery parlors were, right by a dollar store and a convenience store. Then he got closer and closer to the city. Where he stood, though, it was almost like he was on a distant moon of some strange planet an explorer witnessing unseen wonders. He walked down the sidewalk a little and saw, now, the trash and debris that was hidden by the weeds and brush. Broken bottles, beer cans, used condoms, fast food bags, pumpkins. Pumpkins? Brian stopped and turned towards the field that was on his left. There, barely hidden by the tall brush, were small swaths of orange color that dotted the brown landscape. 
There were pumpkins here, dozens and dozens of them. His eyes wandered down the length of the block, and it was full of these orange dots beneath the brush. He turned and looked to the other side and saw it too was full of pumpkins. He shook his head. Sure, he was somehow seeing things, but they remained. The smile returned to his lips. He raised his axe handle. He was sure he was going to be late now, but he didn't care. It'd be worth it. He cocked his arm to swing and heard a high-pitched voice behind him. Ah, now there you go. Put your whole body into it. Brian lowered his arms in, in a flash and spun around, and standing a few feet behind him, someone was watching him. He cocked his head as he, as he took them in, but couldn't decipher if they were a man or woman, old or young. They were layer upon layer upon layer, each one a different color than the others, red on blue, blue on orange, orange on green, green on black. It was like they were wrapped up in a rainbow. The person wore a tall hat that bent over to the side. Not like a witch's hat, but similar, in bright green. The person's eyes sparkled in, in the dim light cast from the light poles that lined the street, and almost seemed as if they were made of clear, churning water. They towered over Brian, and their face was bright red at the cheeks, and their nose seemed too big, and their eyes off, one higher than the other. Their skin had a waxy color and seemed as if it had started to melt. The wrinkles in it were so deep. They had only one ear, and in it was a black star earring that was put in wrong so that it was upside down. Looking at the person made Brian's head hurt and stomach ache, as if it he was as if just looking at them were hard for his eyes. What? he asked. Oh, I was just saying that the best results come from using one's whole body to really wallop those little fellas. Otherwise, you're just denting them. You really want to make them hurt, you know? They smiled. I, uh, I wasn't, Brian stammered, trying to hide the handle behind his legs. Oh, come on, don't be bashful now. You made a wonderful mess on the other street. Don't shrink from that work now. Gosh, I mean, that was quite a performance after all, especially peeing on that blow-up. Marvelous. In fact, I'm sure everyone will love watching and re-watching that tomorrow when they look at their security camera footage. The person's smile grew, and it looked like their mouth was full of too many teeth. Security cameras? You knew they were there, didn't you? You had to. How could you not? Their little red blinking eyes staring at you as you entered every new yard. That is pride in one's work. Sure, you hid your face, but they'll still know it was you, Brian. I mean, you are wearing the same sports hoodie you always wear. Brian looked down and realized he was a sports team from the 1980s that had changed names and cities, a hoodie no one else had had around here. Everyone would know it was him. The world started to spin and he felt faint. He let out a moan. Oh, oh dear, that right there, what you're feeling? It's called consequences. They're awful, aren't they? Yes, sir, they are. Like a kick to the junior achievements between your legs, really. Well, considering the lateness of the hour, those are just some of the consequences coming your way. Aren't they, Brian? The person nodded to themselves and shuffled forward, their bare feet covered in dirt. Brian looked down at his wrist and saw it was 10.35. Oh, God. 
Yes, Mom's not going to be very happy with you. She is, if you want the truth of it, getting in her car to come looking for you. She got out early and came home with a pizza, one of those disgusting vegetarian ones she makes you eat. She was none too pleased to find you'd gone, though. A shrug. Brian's eyes filled with tears. Oh, don't cry now, Brian. Too late for tears. You made your choice. Made it last year when you destroyed those jack-o'-lanterns. That rang a bell you didn't hear, but I did. Woke me right up and set me on a path right to you. I lost you for a bit, but found you again tonight. And it seems that, well, you found me too. The person smiled and nodded to themselves, the tip of their hat nodding right along with them. They had gotten within arm's length of Brian, and suddenly the fear and worry that had washed over him were gone, replaced by a cold fury at this stranger being so close to him. He brought the handle around from behind his legs and started to lift it. Oh, goodness. You're not thinking of hitting me with that, are you? The person asked, hands up, as if in defense. Brian smiled, his eyes wide, and he swung the handle with all his strength into the head, <coughs> in the head, of, into the, head of the person before him. Their face shifted to the side as if it were made of clay. The jaw dropped open. One eye wandered down to settle beside the nose. The nose stretched outward so it was long now and not wide, and there was a dent left where the handle had con connected. The person stood motionless once they were hit, and the wet sound of it echoed through the night. Not quite, not quite as satisfying as hitting a pumpkin, is it? No, I'm afraid not. I'll tell you what, though. If you'd like to take another shot, I promise not to eat you. Not yet, anyway. A crooked smile crossed the thin lips of the person that stretched nearly from ear to ear now. Brian took a step backwards, then another, the handle still raised. Wait, wait, I'm only joking, Brian. I didn't come all this way to eat you. Goodness, no, I'm not even hungry. You and I really want the same thing, Brian. We both want you to go into that field there and just smash those pumpkins. Smash them all up. Give them hell. That's all. The person's head tilted to the side and their smile widened even more. Brian saw the layers they were wearing shift and swore he small, saw small hands reach out to grab and close the gaps that had been revealed. The person pointed towards the open land to their left and nodded. Brian looked over to the pumpkins and there was a blanket of mist that hung over them now that seemed to rise as if it were a living thing. Go on now. Go in there and give them a good whack or two. Really put your body into it. Show them who's boss. Brian felt dazed. He nodded to the person and turned and stepped into the mist and felt a jolt of electricity run through his body. He wrapped his hands tightly around the handle and walked to the nearest pumpkin. He looked over at the person and they nodded enthusiastically and waved him to get on with it. Brian looked down and saw that his feet, at his feet was a jack-o'-lantern carved to look like a smiling man with a mustache and inside it was a red light that lit the pumpkin up. Brian lifted the handle as he started the stared at the jack-o'-lantern and it almost looked as if it were breathing. In an instant, he raised his foot and smashed it. The pumpkin... Uh, smashed the pumpkin to pieces and the red light seemed to flow out of the crushed gourd like blood. The teen turned to look at the person who was jumping up and down and waving their arms in the air enthusiastically. Brian moved to the next pumpkin, this one carved to look like a child with big eyes. There was blue light coming that was coming from this one. He smashed it to pieces with one swing of the handle. The next one looked like an old person. Old man, maybe. He kicked the wrinkled face of it in and moved on. He did this over and over and over, his delight in destroying every carved face growing until he was laughing and found he couldn't stop. 
He finally did stop when he reached the end of the block, but then turned his attention deeper into what was essentially a pumpkin patch, but saw, to his disappointment, that he'd cleared the entire block. They were all smashed. The only thing, only things left being the shattered lanterns and their dim lights as they bubbled out of them. Brian looked back to the person, but saw they were no longer on the sidewalk, but were standing a few paces away in the patch. Oh, that was lovely! Perfectly done, Brian. Why, well, I couldn't have done it better myself, should be told. Perhaps in my youth, but then we'd all do better in our youth, wouldn't we? There was laughter that came not from the mouth of the person, but from below, as if from beneath the layers. <laughs> Brian smiled. Good lad. Now then, the other side isn't quite ripe yet. They aren't fully carved. Probably next year, and by that time, this area will be just taking seed. And in two years, this patch will be ripe once more. It's a lovely thing, isn't it? The way nature works. Well, nature and other things. More laughter and a blank expression on the smiling, waxy face. <laughs> Brian shook his arms out to get some of the pumpkin innards off of him. He looked down and saw his jeans, shoes, and hoodie were absolutely covered. As he was doing this, he looked at his watch. It was after midnight. A cold sweat broke over him. He started shaking. He'd been in trouble before, but he'd never been in the sort of trouble he would be in when he got home. Tears returned. Then there was laughter, and he looked up, and the stranger was approaching him. Brian! 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 You don't think I'd leave you out for the wolves now, would I? Of course not. You did a great thing tonight. An important thing. We were getting behind on the harvest this year, and you saved the day. Oh, my boy, there's great things ahead for you. Great things. The stranger put their right hand on Brian's right shoulder and tipped their head to the side. Brian saw beneath the layers and regretted it. What? What? He started to ask, head fuzzy again, fuzzier than before since he was so close to the person now. Well, I have one more jack-o'-lantern for you. Just one. Then your work is done for this year, and we can go celebrate a wonderful Halloween. Oh my, there's going to be a feast in your honor, and the others are just dying to meet you. First, though, if you'll just turn around and take care of that last pumpkin, we can get on with things. The other arm shot out, and Brian was forcefully turned towards the field again, and there, just before him, was one last pumpkin. This was large and lopsided and glowing with bright white light, and into it was carved the face of his mother. Brian turned to the stranger. They nodded, and their smile stretched, and their head flopped backwards and revealed a worm with hundreds of eyes that was watching him. A long, thin, pale arm reached up from below and pulled the head back down. Brian turned back to the jack-o'-lantern, and he knelt and looked at the pumpkin. It was unnerving how well the carving was done and how much it looked like a mom. Like mom. He thought he heard something coming from it, so he leaned in and heard his mother sobbing, saying quietly, Where is he? I'd do anything to know where he went. Anything. Mom? Don't falter now, lad. Be a shame for all this hard work to go to waste. Brian felt like there was a threat in there, but wasn't sure. Mom? He stood up and looked down at the jack-o'-lantern. Mom? He closed his eyes and started to kick the face of the jack-o'-lantern in and felt a charge as if he'd touched an electric fence, like he had once at his grandpa's. And then he started stomping on what was left. When he finally opened his eyes, there was nothing but orange paste and the dissipating white light, which was soaking into the, 
his shoes and the bottom of his jeans. Mom. And done. Brilliant. Now your ties are cut. You're free. Free at last. And now, shall we leave? Leave? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Off to our home. The feast awaits. There's also a lot of work to do before next Halloween and a lot of souls to collect. So they can be planted in our patch. Come now. I'll tell you all about it as we settle in with the others. And you know what, Brian? I think you've earned yourself some candy tonight. A dark arm shot out from beneath the layers, handing a wrapped chocolate bar, which the boy took. Another hand fell on Brian's arm, pulling him forward and then guiding him as the stranger headed towards a, a tall orange door which had appeared in the middle of the street. The door swung open, and out from it came the scent of cocoa and burning leaves and the sound of laughter and singing, and there was warm light that looked as if it came from a fire. Looking within the door made Brian feel warm and happy. He looked at the stranger and saw that the head had lolled back, and the worm was looking at him again, and from below came laughter, and Brian joined it. In another moment, they were through the door, and it slowly closed behind them and locked and was gone. Well, I hope you liked my little Halloween tale for 2022. Uh, I am Chris Ringler, the aforementioned Spooky Chris. This is my podcast. You can find all my stuff at SpookyChris.com. And I would be honored if you... Uh, picked up a book, a Kindle, a physical book, anything. I've got lots of stuff. You should check it out. Look me up on Amazon, chrisringler. or uh, spookychris.com has all the links. Thank you much. You stay weird, and I will talk to you soon.